Hello, and welcome to What Goes Bump in the Night. Welcome to What Goes Bump of the Night. My name is Riley Clark, and alongside me is Trevor Jensen. And we are back with the Black Vault Files. <laughs> That's it. That's the one. As voted by you, the listeners. The as we did another Facebook poll. We said we were going to be doing this a lot more. Uh-huh. And y'all uh-huh. voted the Black Bolt Files. And it has been a while since we talked about some uh-huh. aliens. That's true. That is 100% the truth here. And boy, oh boy, do we have a super close to home, cool as fuck, very notable, and I would say pretty well known. Well documented. Exactly. Encounter slash sighting. That actually contains, like, data. The data is real. Plus, there was over 300 phone calls and eyewitness testimonies. We have some of those phone calls with us. So, should we start off with some of the phone calls? Because, I mean, that's how it's We didn't even say what it is yet, though. Like, Uh, we can start off. We we... didn't. Yeah, we didn't. It was the 1994... UFO sightings over the Grand Haven and the larger West Michigan area. That's also close known as to the there. 1994 Lakeshore UFO sightings. Exactly. So or yeah, the why 1994 Michigan UFO event? I guess the also. event. Yeah. So why don't we uh why don't we start off by playing a couple? Oops, I just slipped into the mic. A couple of these uh these phone calls from said eyewitnesses. We're just gonna play a couple of them, and then we might jump back into some later. Solid. Okay, um, I don't know if you guys do anything on UFOs at all. 
<laughs> the UFOs in there. Quit. Hangs up. Done with this shit. It's kind of crazy. Like, it's very hear, crazy hear that history happen. Yeah, it's very crazy to hear that happen. Cause their stories are very similar, and you can hear it in their voice that they're genuinely like confused. That's the part that gets me the most like riled up is that both of those calls and there's like three hundred of them. I mean, I don't know if there's, there's like if they're there's all documented. Minutes. Yeah, there's a lot of calls that are like that, where it's like, "Whoa, okay, these people." You can you can hear the excitement in their voice they're when they're like, like oh, "I don't know what's going I'm on." Looking at a UFO. That's what all. is I that? I don't know if I should tell the cops. I don't know if. Can I you explain that to me? <laughs> like, not crazy here. I swear. I'm I like, might that's... be crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I might be crazy. <laughs> No, I think that's that's seriously like some really good firsthand accounts that really indicate some crazy shit was happening. So yeah. why don't we uh jump like, into some like of the, the story said, stuff after like that? He, the lights were in the, like a sequence. Yeah, like and it's too wide for it to be a legitimate like I don't want to say it like aircraft or how it like. You can tell the difference pretty quickly, I would say, between an aircraft and something that doesn't Definitely. look like an aircraft. Airplanes don't sit still either. No, and like the trajectories and things and how it, the increase and decrease in motion too. It's like, yeah, I can believe that 100%. I mean, I'm pretty sure me and you have seen a UFO. <laughs> yeah, so we'll dive into this a little bit. Uh, it was March 8th, 1994. The Lakeshore event happened. It's become known this on countless TV shows. It's actually on Unsolved Mysteries. They kind of It's very new too. Sorry, excuse me. I got like a stuffy nose and a yawn thing going from working eleven hours today. Bear with me. But yeah, if you go on Netflix right now, uh I'm pretty sure that it's a limited run series, so you might want to watch it soon. Yeah. And it's it's got it's like episode three, I think. Yeah, it's like episode three, four, maybe it's five. Really I don't know. It's, it's yeah, really it it was it was one of our big inspirations because we are we'd heard about this, but we didn't get I was really only into two it when this happened. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> uh, so it like we said, it's it's famous. Like it's a legendary tale. Uh, 
and there's a reason why it's legendary. It isn't just because it happened in Michigan. There's there's reasonings, and we will get to these reasonings. It was frequently cited as one of the most solid, well-researched reports of UFO activity in the history of ufology. Today, the debrief will examine just how solid the evidence is, and this is what we're this is the information that we're using is the debrief yes, website. website. Where they compiled the evidence into one place for us. Because Wikipedia does its thing, but I also like using other websites. <laughs> so, obviously, calls started pouring in. More than 300 calls were received from civilians and multiple police officers reported to seeing the object after being dispatched to investigate. Uh, the object were variously reported to be cylindrical or round, displaying a variety of different colors. The presence of some of the large objects in the sky over the lake was confirmed as the event was unfolding by the national weather service radar operator and that is kind of where this story takes a crazy twist because this is where it gets real realistic national weather service radar in muskegon michigan yeah buddy Uh, the last event lasted at least 15 minutes by most accounts the objects were tracked moving south southwest so actually the opposite direction of what that lady was saying. Yeah, she it's going towards east, Chicago. Southeast. It was heading towards Chicago. Um, the event wasn't a singular aberration, though. A spokesman from MUFON would later tell reporters that the network had been receiving an average of 10 to 15 calls per day during a period of two to three weeks, including the activity on March 8th. But this event was clearly the most widely viewed and reported. So before we go any farther... I'm going to give you some of my my thought process on this. We live next to a large body of water. Yes. It would make... One of the largest freshwater bodies of water. It would make sense that because it's a fresh body of water, if aliens also had any type of need for fresh, water. clean water like that, or they live in that type of water, because they might be like amorphous, like merfolk type people never we don't know like we really don't know It'd that be much. like a salamander like exactly like they, they breathe underwater who knows you know maybe they're they power their engines with water and like it's like a battery recharge they use hydrogen them. see anything yeah so it, it could be anything but it would make sense that there's sightings leading into this before it's as well documented as it is because maybe these crafts were testing out you know the testing out if they're able to like make a full departure from our solar system or from earth even so i i it's it's one of those things where it's like i believe it michigan in itself is one of the highest rated ufo sighting states top 10 yeah in the whole damn country and it and is the top awesome. cities are muskegon and and Grand Rapids Grand and Grand Rapids. Haven, which is all a spatting of very close proximity to each other. Yeah, so. Grand Rapids is only 50 miles from here. Yeah, it's not bad. And it's gen- they're all gen- generally on a We're body of water. We're all about the same distance from each other. And like, the Grand River also runs literally all the way through all, all way of through, it. yeah. So it makes sense. To me, it makes a lot of sense. The Grand River is a big river, too. It, it is a very large body of water as well. I mean, it's not like a lake, but it's got a lot of fast-moving water, and it's probably pretty deep in some spots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I fish in those spots. I'll say we've caught some, many a fish out there. 
So what leads to all of the credibility to the sighting? Uh, the debrief examined the Japan airplane flight 1628 incident. I'm not familiar with that. Apparently it happened la- June of last year. Two years ago. Now, 2021. Sorry. Yeah, I can't believe we're at 2023. <laughs> uh, there was significant amount of data collected and archived from the incident, adding to its legendary status. But from careful examination of radar data, pilot to cockpit reportings and transcripts of interviews with witnesses didn't support the claims being made about it. It strongly, as, as strongly as its legend would suggest. The Lakeshore event also offers similar supporting data and we look at how well that stacks up in this report okay so apparently the japan flight has a lot of data to back up what it's saying but the eyewitness reports are very not reliable yeah Yeah. when it's kind of the opposite for this one for the lakeshore event where all the eyewitness reports are like exactly the same excuse me i'm pretty sure too like from the the netflix show that i watched the one that we were just referring to they said that a lot of the eyewitnesses were pretty accurate on the locations that they were calling from on correlation to where it was on the radar at that point so that adds yep, a lot of credibility for me too like where it's like wow okay like so the, even the heights that they were saying that it was at was like which is crazy really that accurate. people can eyeball that shit and get pretty fucking close to it because I, I i look up in the sky and i'm like yeah, it's, that's pretty high. That's high. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty high. I don't know. It's just high. <laughs> that's about as high as my friends get when they smoke that wacky tobacco. <laughs> uh, some of the most compelling and easily verified evidence come to us through several channels. These include the sheer number of witnesses who called the police emergency lines, many of them recorded. The involvement of law enforcement officers in multiple precincts who responded as lend weights to report with at least one officer seeing the f- phenomena himself for the extended period of time. MUFON eventually published the collection of the records between alarmed citizens and reporting police dispatchers, which is the case file that we were playing for you moments ago. And that was just a small snippet. <laughs> A very small sample. That's just Holland's precinct that they have. Two, by the way. Uh, perhaps some of the biggest data we have to draw on comes from the interactions between Holland, Muskegon Police Officer Jeff Belthouse, and Jack Bushong, a meteorologist from the National Weather Service office in Muskegon County. In the MUFON recorded link above, the citizens' calls are followed by the conversation between Belthouse and Bushong. Bushong? Sorry, <laughs> I don't. I like his last name. Oh, so we can actually hear his call. Oh, we can. I don't know when it would be though. Oh, my fucking nose! He's gonna go like seven. Yep, this is it. I remember it from the show. Between 
three and four return. And they look like, uh, sweeping in the vertical, they look like very strong spikes. That's pretty wild. So they were actually showing the radar footage on the the show too. What it is, it's three like blobs that are showing up on the old-fashioned green sweep radar. Yep. The what you think of when you think of like a radar. Yep. It's sweeping and it's showing these blobs. Bleep. But he Bleep. said they were like Bleep. moving at like crazy speeds. From what I remember, and like basically they were always showing up in a perfect triangle, so that all of them would show up in the radars like reach every time yep so the question that i ask is if this technology that these like ufos are using is so advanced why can our primitive radar pick them up or do you think they've never encountered anything like it maybe that's the first time they got caught in the radar yeah like they don't their their race has never used it yeah well and that's the other thing too is like maybe they've never had a use for any type of like radar. Maybe they like, were trying to figure out what it was for. Oh, it could. Yeah, that that would make sense as well. Try to reverse engineer it, maybe. Kind of like how what we do with a lot of things too. Like technology is really fun. Like what that. if what if they're flying by and they go, "We just got scanned," and they're like, "What?" All hands on deck. And then they pause. They're like, "We're in the scanner, and you're nothing's, like, and nothing's up, happening up, to them. They're, they're not gonna attack us." Oh, my God. Yeah, we're in the scanner. The Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, he's searching us with the scanner now. It just gives me, like... All right, let's move, you know, this many miles away. Boop. It gives still me, in the scanner? like... We're in the scanner. It gives me those vibes of, like... You know, like, the Battle of Los Angeles story, right? How yeah. the the government... Not the government. The army shot off hundreds of rounds into yeah. the sky at a, a UFO. It gives me those type of vibes where it's, like... There's a lot of people saying the same exact things where it's like it doesn't make sense. And it's not like they tried to cover it up, but they also haven't really made that big of a deal out of this. No, I don't think I'd really. It's not been talked about for how many years? I didn't know about it much until it was on that show. Honestly. 20, what, 29 years, 28 years or is it 27? I can't fucking do math. Two, I think it's 28 two years younger than me, so 28 years. Yeah, it'd be 28 years, dude. That's 20 in 28 years. I guess you could say 27 because last year was when the Netflix documentary technically came out. 27 years before it got the recognition that it deserved. Right. 27 years. Right. And this whole time, it's been like one of the top UFO cases. Yeah, I would say so. Granted, like a lot of the more recent things that are coming out. Like, with the disclosure. Like, the tic-tac. Yeah, and, like, all of these new, like, sightings from the government, like, from warships and things like that. One just happened five days ago, if you didn't know. Exactly. So, I I put a lot of stock into these ones, and then I'm like, all right, but the new ones, the new stories coming out of these, like, naval officers that are worried about getting, like, straight the boot off of their, like their ships and being like completely like um what do you call it um dismissed from duty yeah like a, a dishonorable discharge because of it like and they're they'll and they're 100 they're like i'm being honest right now like i saw something that i can't explain and these are hardened trained like no fear type of people 
So it oh, it just I gets feel like me sightings so are just excited. Picking up more and more though, even like it just seems like there's more and more like military sightings coming out and it's always on more oh, ships. I mean, think about it. Like, why wouldn't the aliens show themselves to them? It's an isolated giant vessel. I was just going to say, it's also isolated. So it's not, you're not in the vicinity of and a lot of people and eyeballs. A lot of these warships are massive. If you, if you think about how big an aircraft carrier is, think about like a Warship floating like, city. Yeah, warships like four aircraft carriers. Yeah. Well, aircraft carriers are the biggest, uh, like, boats that the navy has but still like you get you get on like a super battleship too they're fucking huge like they are literally floating cities thousands of people on board like a big bigger than like five or six hotels you know what i mean it's just it's crazy mind-blowing how big they are i don't think i've actually seen one in person i've never seen one in i've person seen some either. big boats because they come through like the channel in grand haven right and stuff and I've been on some of the bigger like but military. They're boats, dwarfed by that. But they're dwarfed. Dwarf. Aircraft carriers never come into. I I really even fit in the channel. I, I was gonna say I really want to take a trip to go see like like a go like not a ghost ship but like go take take a tour on a battleship that is haunted that saw action and just get a good idea of how big that is and then go to Hawaii where they have their navy port. And go see all of these new warships that are there and stuff like that. It's like, so fuck? let me touch in on the Bushong's Bushong. big, um, connection with uh, Belton House. Conversation between Officer Belton House and Jack uh-huh. Bushong goes on for some time, beginning with both participants discussing, discussing <laughs> mundane explanations for the calls. These included a radio tower in the vicinity with new lights installed on it. But as the call progresses, you can hear Bushong growing more and more animated as he describes the insipable moments of the objects on the radar. Their large size and the way that they demonstrate instructulous movement at various altitudes. You really need to listen to the full conversation that grasp the impact of this recording. Bushong's equipment didn't produce a paper paper records but he created line drawings that are available at the links above perhaps the most interesting however at the 2235 mark in the recording bushong says i wish we had a, a recording of what i could see you know actually there are some blips showing up on the computer computer part as this is being recorded so there is going to be a recording of this so they can you might be able to see movement on this if we play this back what happened to that record mufon claims to have the radar data but it apparently doesn't even reveal more than what bushong described one year after the event the chicago tribune spoke to leo genther the director of the national weather service in muskegon he said i don't believe for a minute that that it was any kind of alien structure i think that there is a fairly strong earthly explanation for what occurred but he failed to offer any explanation as to what the earthly explanation might be at the time he told local reporters that he had a pretty good idea of what it was but he refused to offer his opinion saying that he might tell people after he retired the national weather service aliens that's what it was was (laughs) aliens should we go to 2235 see what he said sure 
pull that bad boy up and see what he has to say. such a mission goodbye thing it is such a mission so yeah um uh we'll let you know uh what we find there we'll get back to you on that one. we'll get back to you on that one you know uh it's time to go and uh you know see you soon (laughs) that is such a michigan goodbye so that's that's so interesting to me that a well-seasoned veteran who knew what he was doing speaks up and says there is something out of the ordinary here. Like that's just it once again adds to the credibility of all of it. It's so well, interesting. Leo Gunther, the director of National Weather Service, doesn't admit that it was anything alien. Because he has to. That's the thing. If if this is like what, yeah, when you say I'll wait till he, I retire. If the, exactly. And the, if this is if this is him saying this in nineteen ninety four it is still a taboo subject. People look at you and think you're fucking crazy. And everybody knows you don't want to be the town pariah. Like, before social media was so, big. Going into this kind of plays off of this, this next paragraph from the debrief. Uh, so, it's kind of crazy that it, this did get kind of held back for so long. And that's because shortly after the day of the sightings, meteorologist Jack Bushong stopped talking to the press and didn't speak of the March 8th events again Disclosure for many agreement. years. He told friends and associates that he seriously feared he would be fired for having commented on the incident in public. 100%. That fortunately didn't happen. And he went on to receive a promotion and win rewards for accuracy of his forecasts. He stayed with the NWS until a few until his retirement a few years ago. Now that the United States government has verified the physicality reality of UFOs and is setting up new offices to investigate them, Bushong's attitude has changed during an interview he gave July of 2021. He told the reporter that he now feels vindicated after the skepticism and abuse he endured in the wake of the original event. He also claims to be working on scientific paper covering the 1994 events yes. and other instances of meteorologists recording UAP-related data. I love that. I absolutely love that. I, it's just the strong-arm tactics, dude. Like, that's the dumb part is back in the day, instead of letting these people tell you, like, I saw something right. They would have let this guy who would go on to be one of their, like, best meteorologists. One of the goats to go because he thought he saw aliens on a radar yeah dude you could have had a george lessons and you got rid of him because he thought ufo (laughs) you know what i'm talking about right (laughs) 
But in a separate interview with News 3 in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Bushong revealed an additional information that he did not share with the press following the original event. He described how he had taken manual control of the radar system using an antenna-like spotlight to track the movements of the objects. He reported that he had jumped upward by five, 10,000 feet at a time, causing him to scramble to region a lock on them. They also blinked significantly distances horizontally before he had eventually lost track of the targets. The relative size on the radar returns indicated to him that the objects were significantly larger than any commercial aircraft. That's just so wild to me. Like, what is it then? You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't sit here and tell me that, oh. The, the big downside of this event is that there is videos but the camera technology in 1994 was fucked. was booty, and all you see is a white dot. It's specs. That's all it is. Which, so, yeah, that's really not that interesting to watch. It can no. be anything. Yeah, I agree. Like 1994, you have cassette players. You have your camera is bigger than any freaking computer on the planet right now. Yeah, 100% <laughs> is. And it's like, um, so, like, you see and that? And then the, like, the light intake that those lenses have were not good enough for night filming. No, not even legitimately close to what we have nowadays. You get a freaking AR light, or not AR light, infrared light. Just oh, that dude, that'd be fucking wild. Or just, like, a low light filter, like... Some cameras on phones can do it now too, where you can yeah, where you actually it looks like it looks like in your eyes. Yeah, and shit, it's like, it's fucking wild what technology can do for us nowadays. Uh, at that time too, the FAA didn't have any type of like flight scheduled for like that high traffic airspace that it was in. Is what I'm I'm also getting out of it. So like. Think there about it like this. Yeah, flying. like that—that's like means for this is before 9/11 and all that. But like, you got the FAA scrambling. You got like, you know, like the aeronautical experts like telling them, uh, "We don't know what this was. It's like, we don't—we don't have any anything scheduled. It's not us. Nobody said. Nobody's claimed to have taken responsibility." I, <laughs> What what is it then? You know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. What exactly. are you gonna? What can you say that it's not a fucking UFO sighting? Like there's too there's many things no don't way. make sense. Sounds like aliens. When you have three hundred fucking people call, and police and officers say, going, yeah, I see what they're talking about. It's fucking uh, it's UFO. weird. What I, what is it? I don't know. It looks like a UFO. <laughs> well, I don't know. You call a kettle black enough, it's probably black. Like. Come on, people. Like, you can't... How many people are we going to say are liars? Exactly. You can't tell me that every single person that, that called in... Did that lady or guy that called lied. in sound like a liar? No. They could be. You don't know, but... I mean, I, 300 people calling in the same time, same day. About the same thing. It's probably real. I was going to say it. How it's... many people seen it and didn't call in? Or how many people called, but they were blown off because the people answering the calls that were, like, the operators were just like, ha, yeah, right, good joke, fuck off. Probably just as many. 
How many never got their call through? How many just didn't call? Buzzing. Because they were like, yeah, it's not for me. How many people called into the radio stations? I would think quite a few. That would be my best guess. Is like, if if in 1994, it, radio is bigger, it's more popular, people listen more, newspapers are more popular, the internet really isn't a thing yet. It hasn't taken off. There's no social media or anything to get the, the news out other than watch the news or listen to the radio. So then you have all What's of these people. What's the quickest people, way to get something a story out call, into call the, radio. the radio station and then word of mouth too it's not like this story just died it never just died off they kept records of it they have first-hand accounts that people still remember to this day because it stuck with them for 28 years. years now 28 years later somebody's like i remember this day pretty well it was really weird i've never had another day like it oh i wonder why Right, it's a special um, event. That exactly, happened. It's a real thing. And this, this isn't an isolated thing. It happens all over the place. It's not just a Lake Michigan thing. It's not just a, a West Michigan. I've seen some weird stuff in the sky up at the the bridge. Oh, really? Yeah, me, Mel, and Austin did. When you guys were going over the Mackinac? Yeah, because we stayed. Stayed in the old Travers. We stayed. Not in Travers, but... Uh, oh, just outside? Yeah, right before the bridge. Yeah, I, I don't remember what town it is, but I know what you're talking about. And, like, what? Did it look like shooting... S- it might be Mackinac. Did you, uh... Or, like, Leelanau. No, Leelanau is a different uh, county altogether. No, did you guys, like, what did you see, though? Was it just, like, a shooting star kind of light? A discolored weird, light? Just weird lights moving too fast. Were they white, or were they different colors? It was hard to tell. Because they were so There's, small. There was quite a bit of light pollution around because we had the island. That's true, the yeah. City, like, right there. Yeah. The bridge, like, the bridge has lights on it, so. Yeah, otherwise planes would crash into it because it's yeah. so fucking tall. It's one of the last suspension bridges in the U.S. That's the crazy part, too. One of the, lar- one of the largest. It's not the largest. It's cause... damn close, though. Um. So, here's my takeaways from all this, right? We have had our own experiences with UFO encounters. Granted, not this well documented. What me and you saw at your parents' house was very odd. Didn't make any sense. Nope. Kind of like how this made no sense. We talked about it on an episode. Just go back. It was like, what, episode one? It was early. It was It was either on Austin's episode. It was Austin's episode. Was it Austin's episode? That was like episode three or four, I think. Two. Maybe two. No, two was flat. So it was, four. It was three or three, four or five. It was one of those. Whatever you see our good buddy Austin or you hear his buttery voice, just know that we talk about our experience there. But, yeah, the experience that me and Riley had was downright unforgettable for me because it doesn't make I any sense. I remember it in my mind. Like I can picture happened. all of it still. I can I – can, literally see the table that we were sitting at how i was sitting in a chair that didn't have a fucking cushion in it and i literally had a ring of light underneath my feet illuminating and how we were sitting in like the weirdest spot on the hill to be sitting for no reason we were out no well we were we were smoking weed but <laughs> there was no reason we usually sat on the porch part not where we were yeah sitting. we were sitting way off on the like like 
I don't want to say it, like old people overlooking the like the It's bay. like at the ledge of the hill. Yeah, like we we never sit we never sat like that because Never fucking... again have we ever sat there again. Nope. It's always been on the porch or on the deck now, but Right. So like that was also weird like it just when you when you come across something like this where you don't have a good way of explaining it because it has never happened to you before it has a way of just i don't know like changing your perception on things of this nature so what i mean by that is if you come in contact with something that you physically have never experienced or have no good way of explaining it's like your memory bank clears a spot for it and it literally imprints it harder than any other like you could you like some days i'll wake up and i'll forget what i did that morning but that day literally like i can go back and watch it like a movie in my head yep the only thing i forget is the girl's name that was with us i that escapes me too but that all i think that also happened because things didn't work out great <laughs> so i was like blocked that out of my memory <laughs> which makes the most sense to me because i was like at first we were like she's an alien 100 percent. like i don't remember who that was I, I don't even really remember what she looks like and then i started thinking about it more as like time went on i was like oh no i, I think i know what's going on here i think i just didn't have a like we just had a falling out and just didn't work out and blocked that right out of my memory but like, everything else i, I remember like clear as day better. i do like the alien part better but yeah i i remember like the exact timeline and everything that happened during it like it, it was weird i've never i mean i lied and that's i have had impressions like that from other memories but that that one in particular sticks out because it was just weird yeah and that's how the people that seen this event feel as well yeah, I would say so. And I I know for a fact that Austin, like, we can use him as a good example, too. His memory of his UFO slash alien encounter was vivid as fuck. And you don't just make up stories like that if you've never experienced something like it. I think there's making up stories and then there's telling stories. Exactly. Telling a story? It has the detail and it's, you have, you it's have crazy. Making up a story, it's going to have gaps. It's very easy to make up a story that has plot holes. But when you come up with a story... Not come up. When you tell a story that you've experienced... And, like, you may you may out. even, like, skip some details that, like, would be beneficial to it. But it still has a very, very believable, like, like cadence to it. You know what I mean? Where, like, it starts and you're like, oh, like, that's weird. Okay, things are getting weirder. It has a clear cut path it followed and it has a good resolution when i could tell you a story right now about how one day i was in a rowboat out on the grand river and i I decided to jump in and go swimming and i swam down and i found a hole that opened up into a crater that went down into a pocket of air and then i found a a really large leviathan cracking creature and i decided to make it my friend and pet it and then i brought it back to the surface and now it it roams the lock See, he just made that up on the spot. On the spot. Literally, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But that kind of leads me into where we're heading with this podcast. That's exactly kind of why I was like, yep. 
We are going to start a new series because we have found something on the internet that is too fucking cool. Cool <laughs> not to fucking utilize for the podcast. I think you guys will enjoy it just as I much as we have. I think you will really, really enjoy what's going on. We're going to start a new series. I don't think it's going to be the next episode. And you know what we can do too? We can give them the uh, like, like the list and they can add to it. And then they, we can use the ideas that they want to implement into it to make it. So it's not always just our ideas coming out. Yeah, we can get super creative with this, but we're going to be using AI to create stories for us to read to you guys. And they're going to be heavily, like, the idea of the story is going to be from us, our mind. But the AI is going to write the story. For and us. then we can tweak it. But the the part that I think is really cool is, like, if somebody wants, if, like, if we were, like, all right, you have four topics to choose from: aliens, creatures, ghosts, or zombies. And then whatever topic. And wins. then if if you have a write-in, you know, like you want to be like, oh, well, what about like goblins? You can write that in, and then we vote on it. By the end of the week, we decide like, all right, we're doing zombie goblins that are destroying the earth, fighting off other like warring tribes you know like things like that so like it's very interactive for the fans it's very interactive for us because we can add some like comedic spins to it we can really add to it like just for instance when i was showing trevor this (laughs) we created a story where pirates on ghost ships fought krakens that busted open a time space warp that brought in aliens that eventually fought to the destruction of the world itself destroying civilization across the world for centuries and centuries and centuries it was epic we probably will read that one because it's fucking insane. that one's insane <laughs> like granted i i do wish it went into more detail with like depicting like and this is when the kraken grabbed the alien ship and decided to well, ravage that'll it. have to be us which yeah which we can add those things but like the base story is there and it's fucking gold i think our next episode though is actually gonna be a creepypasta i wrote and i do too i think it, it should be into the ai stories as well depending on how long it takes to read but that's kind of where we're gonna be heading for the next little while of course probably we'll a couple months is my guess months, yeah and then we're gonna obviously throw in you know um the more listener fun. choices again and more options for you guys to be involved with the maybe show. throw in some true crime again once do in a some while. true crime maybe some scps like we haven't touched on those in a while. Jump back in the black vault again. You know, keep up doing what we're doing. Yeah, we'll bounce around. And you can find us on every podcasting listening platform on the fucking planet. Woo woo! We're the world's number one podcast. Don't even forget, we're coming and for 2023, you... and we ain't taking no full of motherfucking answer. And if you use iTunes, Spotify, or any platform that you listen on that you can give us a review or stars or things like that, please do it. It helps us with like i want to say uh popularity but uh it really helps get our our names out there and get us on other people's feeds so that other people can find us too which is tremendously helpful and our goal this year is to pump out more episodes keep everybody engaged more so than we did last year because last year was a very chaotic year for both of us i got married riley's fucking working his ass off at a, a 
a job that he's been kicking ass at and hockey's been going great and both of us have just been busy stepping our lives up to the point to where we want to get them and now that we feel pretty comfortable with where we're at like it's a lot easier for us to start doing more of this we have a lot of good ideas that we want to put into play and now that we figured out StreamYard works pretty well I don't always have to be in the studio to record, so it makes it easier for us to record more than one episode a week if need be, which I think yeah. is the goal. Our goal is 100 episodes this year. Which that's you broke it down week. for me. Yeah, you broke it down for me. It's two about week, two people. week. So that's going to start. Maybe even soon. bonus ones for the third week. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, third we're, week. We're going to be super serious about this, and it's going to be taking a lot more of our time. So we love you. Thanks for sticking around another year. Next episode will be our four-year fucking anniversary episode. Wow. So be ready for that. It's going to be fucking amazing. Maybe Billy and Rick Rick's will, probably going to get drunk off tequila again. Maybe they'll forgive us for what happened at the last Bumpies and we can... Look at how wasted Rick got off the Bumpies. Man was taking shot after shot on a boat. <laughs> Crazy fuck. <laughs> bumpies are coming. Remember, folks, keep your ears and eyes open. Before we're really close. Bump. We love you guys. Happy New Year.